Hello, ladies. Welcome to the podcast from On She Goes, a travel site for all women of color. You might know me from another small podcast, Call Your Girlfriend. I'm so excited to be hosting On She Goes. It combines some of my very favorite things, namely talking to ladies and going places. I grew up on three continents, so you better believe I have a ton of experience under my belt. Today's episode is called We Belong Here because we women of color belong everywhere. The episode will feature travel tips, travel stories, and conversations with some of my very favorite writers. You'll hear from Jenna Wortham, Virgie Tovar, and Melissa Valle. On top of all of that, every guest from this upcoming season is sharing their very own travel tips, like this one from Huffington Post rock star Lydia Polgreen. Always keep a spare, clean t-shirt that you can put over a stinky pillow if it smells bad in a cheap, crappy hotel room. Let's get into it. First up, let's hear from Virgie Tovar. My name is Virgie Tovar, and I am a fat activist and an author. I also lecture all over the world now around my campaign, which is called Lose Hate, Not Wait. Virgie started traveling by herself in her 20s and discovered that it wasn't as romantic as it was cracked up to be. But she learned a lot from her solo travels and is here with some advice if you're embarking on a trip alone. She also gives us deets about her Babe Camp Jamaica retreat. The very first piece of advice I would give is do not jump into the deep end on solo travel on the first go. Like, do not book a three-month you know, travel experience by yourself if you've never done it before. Is um, three months traveling or are you legitimately an expat at that point? I'm just, <laughs> like, I, feel like, I feel like if you it's buy like a three-month plane ticket. That's that's the, like, duration of most visas. If you're there 90 days, you should pay taxes. Like, it's crazy. You're a resident now. Yes. Okay, so do not book two months and 29 days worth of travel um, on the first go. I would recommend if you're, if it's, like, the first time you're traveling, book something really reasonable like I I wouldn't even book two weeks I would book a week um, maybe up to 10 days and see how you fare if it's something that's really working for you then you can extend it I would I maybe double it or something like that if you feel like you can do a month that's the first thing that I would suggest um, I think the other thing that's really interesting about solo travel is that you are not at all distracted by another person. When you're with friends, it's distraction in a good way. Like you're sort of engaging with them. You're looking at certain things, but you're talking a lot. Like in general, when you're with a friend, you're talking constantly throughout, you know, an experience. And when you're on a trip in a new place, that means you're missing a lot of things. It means you're missing like these little details and you're sort of distracted by this other person. And it might be really pleasurable, but it really affects your ability to take um, things in. And so I've noticed when I solo travel, I often am able to kind of go on these like deep, long, meandering walks. And then I can sit down like wherever I want. You know, if I'm like, okay, I want to sit at this weird little cafe where there's, you know, like outdoor seating and I want to spend like three hours writing in my little journal while sipping tea or something. I can totally do that without having to worry about negotiating. That experience might be... um, 
different, sort of like mitigated when you're alone versus when you're with another person. The final thing that I'm going to say is I don't think you age out of hostels, especially if you're living, if you're doing this alone. I think that the, yeah, I don't think so. Like, I mean, I think there's a lot of like really intense American expectation around like hostels end at around 22. And I feel like most Europeans don't agree with this, don't agree with this standard, don't agree with this boundary. Um, Because I mean, Americans, especially in like metropolitan cities like San Francisco, New York, like we're really intense about markers of adulthood, quote unquote, um, that are really like stringent. And I think like sometimes create prohibitive budgets and sometimes end up, you know, leading to loneliness. Like I've had experiences where I'm like, I'm going to treat myself and stay in a hotel. um, And it's fantastic because there's pool and privacy and all those things. But then I find that I'm like, but wait, I miss that kind of communal. Like I miss, you know, being around people. And like a couple years ago, I went to Bangkok. I love Bangkok for like a month. And I was like, well, geez, like, A, I can't, I really can't afford to stay in a hotel for an entire month. Um, and B, that would that would kind of drive me nuts. So I decided to stay in this really nice, like really well um, rated hostel. And it was fantastic. And I met people to travel with. And it was just kind of like this experience that you're like engaging with people, even if you're not, you know, getting down and having a deep conversation with them, you're still sort of consistently interacting with other humans, which is really important to me. And you're creating community as you go, which is really Mm -hmm. great. Yeah. I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about your Babe Camp Jamaica retreat. That's such a treat to say. (laughs) Can you tell us really quickly what Babe Camp is? I started Babe Camp. It was designed to be a four-week online exclusively course that was designed to help people who were ready to break up with diet culture but didn't know how to do it. So I wanted to offer that hand-holding experience because I've done it. After doing it for about a year, I got an email from sort of a retreat center in Jamaica. And, you know, it was the property manager. And she was like, I heard about Babe Camp. I'd really love to make it an in real life thing and like go fat girls, right? Like like she's totally all about fat positive lady times. And so after kind of reluctantly falling in love with uh, with this retreat center, I decided I'm going to do this. I'm just going to like, I mean, hopefully it'll work out. And um, and I, I just was like, okay, we're, this is, we're doing Jamaica in real life. Can you tell me like one, I don't know, it's like I feel like the, the pictures from this will be so incredible. <laughs> yes. But maybe, you know, like picture it, like what's one of the like most luxurious or like, I don't know, like envious aspects of <laughs> like the retreat like what's that going to be okay whoa so there's a couple like one is that the grill master named juby lives on site at the at the the retreat place and he makes like lobster he makes like and he makes jerk chicken like right there you know like in in real life you can kind of go watch him and talk with him and like you know drink some red stripe and so like if you can imagine juby who's like so cute and chill and is like constantly high and he's like so he's just like the best right and he's like making grill grilled lobster while the sun is setting like over the Caribbean and then you're about 10 feet away there's an ocean fed pool that you're sitting in and we're decompressing about feminist feelings so that's kind of like what's going to be happening at this uh, that, sound, that sounds like a dream yes. Um, Virgie, where can our listeners find your work? Yeah, you can find me at www.virgietovar.com, V-I-R-G-I-E, T as in Tom, O, V as in Victor, A-R.com. This is awesome. Thanks, Virgie. Thank you. To read more from Virgie, head to onshegoes.com. 
My name is Michelle Zahner, and my travel tip is to bring deli cups. It's good for food storage. You can stack them, and you can also poach an egg in them. My name is Natasha Nyenin, and my travel tip is call your cell phone carrier before you leave the country and tell them that you're leaving and you would like your phone to be unlocked. Get a local SIM card and avoid the roaming fees associated with traveling uh, with your U.S. SIM card. My name is Maisha Gordon, and my travel tip is to get an account with Charles Schwab. <laughs> the reason is they do not charge uh, ATM fees, um, and they reimburse any ATM fee uh, that you will incur anywhere in the world. It has been a lifesaver. My name's Ash Wong, and these are my tips for traveling with your very own fur child. Something that came in handy was a backseat cover for my car. Uh, there was a lot of hair, a lot of barf, a lot of dog treat crumbs, and whenever I had a human guest in the car, I could just fold it down and it could be civilized again. Frontline was definitely a necessity. Nuri picked up three ticks, I think, in Connecticut. I don't use Frontline a lot in the city, but it was necessary in the country. I brought along a collapsible water bowl, so we would drink from the same water bottle, but we didn't want to get that intimate, so he had his own bowl. I'd like to introduce everybody to my dear friends, Ashley Mosley and Rosie Dickens. Everyone thinks that they're the MVP of the dinner party, but I will say this, nobody beats Ashley and Rosie when it comes to fun stories. They're a power couple and tech moguls who are just a fabulous, fabulous travel duo. So I brought them on the podcast where they'll be sharing some of their crazy fun adventures with us. Okay, first off, I want to discuss your pre-engagement trip to Paris that Ashley planned because, uh, I sense that there are disagreements about how that went. There are very distinct disagreements between the two of us on that. On that. Well, but you know what? Tell fun. me more about it. It was super fun. You know, we, we smiled at the uh, on the other side of it. So Ash hasn't planned a ton of, of our vacations. But in the beginning, you know, it was very much so, oh, you know, Ash wants to, to take me to Paris. And this was super exciting because... We we have a five-year difference between us. And so I was in law school. She was in undergrad. And so there's this undergrad kid who, you know, I'm dating, <laughs> kind of like basically robbing the cradle. Had and then braces. On, ha, she had braces. And then on top of that, I'm having her take me to, to Paris, which was, which was you know, thinking back on it is probably not the best idea. But, but it was super cool because she was really, really cute and really excited about planning this entire trip to Paris. She had met some travel person who I never met in person. They only spoke on the phone. I, I never knew this person's name, but she had met some travel person. And so they basically booked the entire thing independent of me. I, I just basically showed up with my passport and uh, we took it from there. So it was around the Christmas holiday. And, you know, we're super excited, super stoked, you know, flying over to, to Paris. We land... <laughs> And like most airports, Charles de Gaulle is out basically in the middle of nowhere, right? <laughs> you don't really see Paris when you land. Like, it's out in the middle of nowhere. And so I'm like, oh, okay. So, you know, there's an airport. So let's let's figure out how to to get to Paris. And so we get in this shuttle bus. And it takes us maybe three minutes 
outside of the airport, like turns to the right, <laughs> goes around about and then stops in front of the Hyatt right next to the airport. <laughs> no. <laughs> so I'm like, OK, well, where is Paris, first of all, because there's no lights. It's out in the middle of nowhere. And um, and that's where we stayed uh, for a full week. So basically all of Paris was us trying to deal with jet lag. So we didn't wake up until about, you know, noon. By the time we woke up eight, we had to get on this train. Think D.C. Metro, but worse. And this train took us straight down the highway all the way to the city of Paris. But then we would, you know, it was 45 minutes, maybe an hour each, each it was way. So it was like 30 minutes. Every single day. Anytime we wanted to see Paris, <laughs> we had a two-hour round trip to get there. I mean, we might as well had... It was not two hours round trip. It was was one. two hours round trip. And let me tell you what the most embarrassing thing was. Okay, so she had this planned as part of the as part of the, the the whole package. And she was like, oh, we get to decide. This this was one thing we weighed in on. Do you want a dinner down the the river? What's the river that goes the through Paris? The, the Seine River. Yes, do you want a dinner down the Seine River? Or I, I can't remember what the other option was, but this dinner on this boat seemed amazing. Um, it was not. And on top of that, there was a bus that just said, okay, after your dinner, we're going to take everybody back to their hotels in the city. And he was going through and asking everybody, okay, what hotel do you stay at in the city? And he kept asking us, hey, what hotel? And we were like, no, 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 you could just drop us at, you know, the metro station. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're not staying in the city. Because we're not staying in the city. Like, this guy was, like, out of it. And I was like, "Why?" Well, at that moment, getting on that metro to get back uh, up to the airport, basically, you know, I was like, wow, the next time I come to Paris, we're going to do it right. Well, you know what? I just want to add that Rosie is bougie. Okay. <laughs> okay. And <laughs> Paris during Christmas is probably one of the most popular like cities to visit. It's absolutely beautiful. It was absolutely amazing. But honestly, I don't remember much about it except for that dinner because the majority of it was spent commuting back and forth to Paris. I don't remember what we actually... Oh, we did go to the the Eiffel Tower. I do remember the Eiffel Tower. That's so dramatic. A week (laughs) in Paris and all you remember is the commute. So we were on the plane riding back home and I was like, you have lost, you have lost travel duties. And I did. You can also find their exclusive travel recommendations at onshegoes.com. My name is Heaven Nagatu. My travel tip is secure your things, meaning pockets and whatnot. Try it. Small purses, etc. I'm Brittany Luce, and I have two travel tips. Number one, find a grocery store wherever you are. Find a place that sells produce. Find a place that sells some type of vegetable or some type of fruit. And make sure that you have some every damn day. Second tip is don't try to overpack. Don't try to complicate things. Just pick a few bottoms, a few tops, a jacket, a couple pairs of shoes, and just keep it moving. And here are some travel tips from Candy Fight, Sada Ahmed, and Tao Wen. My name is Sada, and my travel tip is to bring the correct converters for whatever whatever country that you're traveling. I've accidentally melted my flat iron. Just go team natural. <laughs> Get your hair braided. We're an afro. It's easier. 
My name is Candy, and my travel tip is always travel with a tiny one cup Melita and coffee. This is Tao, and this is my travel tip. Uh, if you need a yoga mat on, uh, on the road, in the hotel room, you can just wet a bath towel. My name is Melissa Vai. I am um, a Jersey girl who uh, just finished her PhD uh, in sociology at Columbia University. And through that work, I think in the last few years, I've been doing a lot of traveling related to that. I'm really curious, how is traveling for research different than traveling for pleasure for you? Mm. Do you like, is there an academic part of your brain that you have to turn off when you travel for pleasure? Or are you just always, you know, like thinking in that anthropological, like sociological way when you're meeting people? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it is actually quite difficult to turn off to the point where I don't know what's, you know, what's what. And, me, and both goes both ways. Like, you know, like I, I kick it, I go hard. People are looking at Instagram, they're like, seriously, this is your research? Like this, I'm like, they're like, what? Can I not be on the beach? Like, I'm sorry, I decided, you know, that you decided to do your research somewhere where it was a little bit, you know, rougher. And I'm every Sunday in Cartagena at the beach, you know. Um, so we make these choices. And yeah, so it, it uh, so I think there is a, a major blurring, but I don't think that at any, it's, and it becomes very difficult sometimes to sort of be engaged in a lot of fun when um, in a space that where there's a lot of poverty, there's a lot of oppression. Um, you're trying to have a good time, but it's like, I can't avoid the fact that, you know, there's a particular level of poverty that exists right outside the walls. Um, and so that, and that's come up, like I've been in, you know, I remember being on the rooftop of a party and looking down and seeing people and getting like, I'm, I'm a very sensitive person. So like, you know, I start to get like weepy while I'm there, like, oh, this feels wrong. And I think these are some of the, uh, the constant, I think, tensions when traveling abroad, where how to be a good, a good traveler um, and be responsible, but also sort of suspend certain sort of ideas just so you can kind of just get through and, and have a good time, too. So how do you reconcile that? I think now, honestly, I think my blog has been helpful for that. And I think having an outlet and sort of because I, I came up with my blog, Machetes y Miel, uh, which is Machetes and Honey, when, when I was in uh, living in Colombia the third time, the you know longest stint for my research was nine months. And I think having that source of just like being able to say, like, this is what's happening in the world and I want you all to be aware of it and uh, and trying to be a source of information and, and, you know, putting that those things out into the world has been helpful in terms of reconciling. Like, all right, like I, you know, I'm still going to be responsible and tell people what's about what's going on. Um, but I'm going to really also have a really good time um, and try. And I think that's been a way to manage. You know, it's really interesting that you mentioned Brazil from the bat, because when I think about um, the places that I've been that kind of have the most inequity or the places where I felt where I've just been like very aware of my blackness, but in a global context, Brazil mm -hmm. is the first place that comes to mind. Uh, being like a darker uh, colored person, like skin person in uh in Brazil, like for me, that was a completely different experience and being like perceived as West African. But that was, you know, it was the first time that I was really aware of um, those kinds of like those kinds of patterns, you know, and, and the perception that people could have of you. You know, it's funny now as well, like when I was in Brazil, I was 21. I was riled up. I'm always like, yeah, rah, 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 always like, you know. Um, and, and so I remember... Um, for example, being in a, a McDonald's and an older woman, I was with a friend and an older white woman, um, she like put out her burger and like sort of put it under the ketchup expecting my friend to hit the pump. And, and it was like, <laughs> you know, you're like, um. Like we don't work here. Like is this, like is this an elder, like is it because you're, you know, you're an older woman and you sort of like, and you, know, like, and you, you never know. And this is, I find the struggle with sometimes traveling is you don't know what's operative right now. It's like, are you... 
are you like racist or are you just having like a shitty day? Um, and I think that's a struggle all often. And I think that like when I was in Chile, I was quite taken aback by the staring, um, the sort of just always constant. And you just don't know is that, you know, because of a lack of exposure, you know, you just feel like you look like, you know, running around. Like, am I running around with my hands waving in the air and like screaming? Like, that's what it feels like everyone's staring at you. Like, yeah. like it's like, no, I'm just really just walking down the street or I'm just on the subway. Do you, when you experience that kind of staring or, you know, in some cases it actually is harassment mm-hmm. is what's happening to you. Is, you know, how do you respond? Do you respond differently than you respond here? I was uh, talking with someone about, we were talking about different spaces and, and and how, like, okay, you have to have an awareness of the ways that, you know, do people touch, particularly, the, you know, with men abroad. Is this a touching thing? Is this, you know, is this something that, uh, is it just verbal? And the staring is, you know, is uh, is one of them. And, like, how you can respond is, is a little bit difficult, right? Because, you know, I'm not going to go off on someone in a foreign country in the same way that I would comfortably here. And so that make, means that you really do have to protect yourself because, you you know, you can't sort of... Res- you, let me not say you can't. You can, but you have to be very conscious about the choices you make when you start to sort of, like, you know, will and, and, and just wild out and, and, you know, punch somebody dead in the eye. And I was... I had a, a really terrible incident when I was on a subway in, in Chile. I was all excited. I was going to go buy my yoga mat and had to go very far out to get this yoga mat, but I was excited. I was going to take start taking classes. And I, now, mind you, I live in New York City. I have never, you know, knock on wood... You know, I've never been touched uh, on the subway in New York City, you know, 8.2 million people all these years. And, you know, I'm in I'm in Chile within maybe two months of being there. And uh, a guy was like grazing my crotch like while I was on the subway. Oh, my God. And I'm like and I I thought like this this is an accident because he was in front of me and I'm like starting to move around. And, you know, you have that realization like, oh, my God, what's happening? Like, what is this? Like his hand is moving with me. And. And it was just like your heart just starts like, you know, like you know, I get like shaky down even thinking about it. It was just like so awful. And the the sphere of I was gonna say something and I and I wrote about this in the blog that it was gonna end up being like, you know, like Miss Sophia in in, in you know, in uh the color purple where everyone just starts like I hit him and everyone starts har- like harassing like coming yeah. after me, screaming at me and just being um, and, and like, you know, and it would have been a, a, in terms of language and they would have been like speaking and I would have just been really disoriented. So I just in that moment, I chose to be silent and just sort of devastated. And, you know, these are the, these kinds of things like how do you respond when something like this happens? Um, and, and you don't know whether people are going to step in. You have to just say it doesn't matter. I'm going to stand up for myself and, and then have, you know, deal with whatever consequences come. And so these are the kind of things you, you know, can happen. I mean, you know, again, not to be, you know to put the fear of God in people, like, you know, when it comes to, you know, to travel. But, you know, there, there are things that can happen. They can and there are just not a lot of resources, you know, too, for dealing with that just right. because of that. Um, you know, I, like, I know that that's an experience that I've had and a lot of people that, I, you know, a lot of other people I know is that it's that quiet devastation, right? And then you hate yourself for it and you don't talk about it and there's, there's not really... There's not a space or a resource guide that tells you, like, here, you know, like, here's how to respond when somebody touches you in the New York City subway or in the Paris subway or in the, you know, and then, and I assume that, like, with you, because you're, you know, you're such a esteemed researcher, (laughs) uh, you're probably reading up on norms, right, about, like, touching strangers and police interactions, and and you think about that before you leave, but, um, you know, like, for somebody who is, like, less seasoned than you, 
you know, what are what are things that you would really, I don't want to say caution, because again, you know, it's like, I don't want to scare people from going, but really, like, what are things that they should have on their radar? Well, I was saying, I was thinking about things in terms of wellness and like bodily wellness overall, right? So I think, I think harassment is a big one. Uh, and, it, and again, that ties into sort of our our mental wellness and feeling good, but also our, our physical safety. And I know that, that dress is a big deal. We'd like to say that, you know, we can sort of do whatever, you know, wear whatever we want to wear. But the reality is it does affect how we are perceived and the kinds of things that happen. So, for example, like if uh, like a friend of mine went to India and she said that like the little boys kept touching her, like, you know, kept like touching yeah. her hips and touching her thighs. And someone said, hey, it's because you're not covering essentially like where your legs meet, like your crotch area. You know, and I never thought about that. I was like, oh, I, you know, that's not the thing that you sort of automatically know. You know, things like that, like, okay, we'll cover that area here. We'll wear this a little bit looser, wear this, you know, a little longer. And actually, it was interesting, when I was in Colombia, in Cartagena, I experienced some of the worst, like, sort of verbal harassment I'd ever experienced in my life. Like, it's just, it was nonstop. And I had to sort of come to the realization, like, oh, at some point, because you don't know what, where the threat, like, what the line is. So are, is, are people going to grab me? And then I realized, oh, it's just a very verbal kind of thing. Um, at some point, I got comfortable wearing headphones, which I, you know, ladies like rock those. They you know, rock that, <laughs> that, you know, like. And, and at first, I didn't because I don't usually like to wear, um, like, you know, headphones in my ear when I'm abroad initially because I want to first of all just take in all the sounds and what's going on, but also for safety, like I want to be aware. Yeah. But after a while, living in, in in Cartagena, I was like, oh no, I can I can safely wear these headphones and not have to deal with the the you know the sort of yapping on the street. And then you know you have things like you know women only subway cars that I you know had in both in Egypt and Japan. And then all of a sudden I'm like, yeah, I like this. And you know before I'm like, I don't want. Now I'm like, yeah, no, we're the women only car. Let me just ride with the ladies and like you know like yeah. be in that space. And you're just suddenly very appreciative of it when you just sort of didn't necessarily think about that before. And I was like, no, now I get it. You know, and being in these other contexts and learning about how people navigate what the expectations are. And so you know we just kind of I think we need to share our stories. And you know again not to sort of fear tactics, but so that people are aware of of that. For more from Melissa Valle on her trip to Cartagena, check out onshegoes.com. Next up, we have Anaya Richards. Hey there, She Goes listeners. I'm Anaya Richards of Anna Perfect World, where I talk fashion, travel, food, and geopolitics. Each week, I'll be highlighting a different city and three things to check out while there. This is Around the World with Anaya. This week, put Lisbon, Portugal on your wish list. There are definitely trends in the travel industry, and Portugal seems to be the place to venture for 2016. With new, inexpensive routes from the country's airline TAP to major cities in the U.S. and throughout Europe, great values for accommodations, ferry terrain, I'm talking seaside and mountains, and similar wine and food culture of neighboring countries like France and Spain without the crowds, trust me, you should book a flight to Portugal ASAP. Here are some things you should check out while there. Fado is a Portuguese music genre with soulful, sometimes gut-wrenchingly emotional music. You know, great music to listen to out on a Saturday night. But really guys, walk in the romantic Alfama district and you'll hear it spilling out of bars, halls, and restaurants. I'm not 100% sure how I found this next place. This restaurant is definitely off a side street, down a road, and around the corner. This is where the locals go for hearty, homestyle Portuguese food. Taberna Antaidamas on Ruau Sao Zé. Definitely try the fish soup baked in bread. It is out of this world. Watch the sunset from the walls of the old city. 
The old castle walls are still standing and the most beautiful place to take in the sunset over the River Tahoe. Afterwards, walk over to Palacio Belmont for dinner and fantasize that you and your sweet love are old Portuguese aristocracy. Thanks, Anaya. To read more from Anaya on Lisbon, go to onshegoes.com. Anaya will be back every episode with more insider info on cities around the world. Now, let's hear some wisdom from Nadia Abul Hosen. I always get sick when I travel a lot. Planes are disgusting. So before I even sit down, I like take my wipes. I probably look like I'm crazy. These people probably think I'm crazy. But I take my, you know, my alcohol wipes and I wipe down the seatbelt and I wipe down the tray in front of me. I wipe down the TV. And ever since I've been doing that for the past year, I haven't been getting sick. And now for some biz travel advice, Roxanne Gay. My travel tip is to have a permanent toiletry bag for travel that you always keep stocked. And also some essentials like antibacterial hand wash, antacids, and aspirin, and cortisone cream, because you never know what's going to happen where you end up. Up next, I sit down with Still Processing co-host and New York Times writer Jenna Wortham. Thank you for having me. You're on the road a lot, Mm -hmm. like probably more than me, which is shocking. I travel constantly. I love it. I always want to be on the road. I have a trip coming up where I'm going to San San Francisco to visit our friend Duane, and then I'm coming back and going to Maine. And I was looking at my travel calendar, and I was like, oh, no, I have one day in between trips with, like, the biggest grin (laughs) on my face. And I'm so happy. It's like, I love being on the road. It's so fun. No, it is fun. I think it's a great way to live life. Okay, walk me through your travel routine. So I have several, but I will say... Just like you do. I mean, I travel for work, for pleasure, for weddings, whatever. When I was younger, I definitely would... I was a crazy person when I had a trip. Like, I would stay out partying. I was definitely someone who would take a cab from the club to the airport to go home. Like, and that does not work for me anymore. So I used to think the point of traveling was so you could you would tire yourself out. So you would, the only thing you could do on a plane is sleep. And now I'm like, okay, I want to be... I don't want to be hungover. I don't want to be tired. I don't want to have stomach problems. I want to, like, arrive looking, like, as dewy as a newly opened flower, you know? Wow. So that is my travel goal. So everything I do is sort of with that in mind. Like, I want to be able, like, to land and, like, walk to lunch and, like, look amazing, you know? So usually what I'll do is I have, like, a go bag also that's, like, always packed. You probably have one, too, right? I mean, I have a go you, bag. Yeah, you're always packed to, like, be able to go always. whenever I have, you need to. I have two of all of my toiletries. Right, like two hairbrushes, two toothbrushes, like everything. Everything. You just yeah. like pick two moisturizer situations. Like, you just pick up and go. You just pick up and go. So, but so in addition to all that stuff, I also always have like a pack of face masks. Do you do face masks on the plane? I've started doing them, and people look at you weird, but I yeah. love it. I'm not there yet. I'll like let a you know. sheet mask on a plane. I'm telling you, people look at you legit like you're wild. <laughs> well, they're not wrong, but you should also do whatever you want. Yeah, because you paid business class. I'm like, That's I've the had whole a lot point. of money to be here, and I'm trying to look cute when I Try land. To multitask. <laughs> Exactly. The secret to life is multitasking. I like to pack probiotics. I also like to pack ginger chews, which are delicious, but also just like I just eat them nonstop on a plane because actually traveling does make you gassier. Like there's something about the altitude changes and the pressure. It makes you really gassy. So I believe it. You know, you got to be on top of that. I have this thing, too, where now like I'll work out really hard the day before a trip. So I'll go to like hot yoga. I'll do like a spin class or I'll do like kickboxing because I feel like 
I'm like so tired I'm relaxed on the plane kind of but also like I land and I feel really good you know like I just have those endorphins carrying me through the trip but I'm just like that's like a 48 hour commitment to like packing it is being on a plane it is but I think that's that's the difference I guess that's like the shift that I made that where I was like traveling is part of my lifestyle now yeah it's the same thing as like eating healthy-ish or whatever it's like getting good night's sleep it's like the same I'm approaching it with the same rigor as like anything else Oh, one other thing I like to do Tell that me. I'm that you should have done, or you wouldn't be sipping this tea, is you have to <laughs> before you travel, you have to take like an oil of oregano shot, like at least two days. You have to boost up your immunity. You've told me this before. Yeah, and you, you're right. I don't take the oregano oil shot. Yeah, you just um, do oregano, and I'm not like a green juice. I'm not like a juice person. I don't I, believe in. I juices, take okay? every vitamin. Okay, but the vitamins. I don't know about the bio uptake of these vitamins. I don't know what you take, but I'm telling you, you need to go into Sold. juice press or juice. Whatever, and get like oil of oregano or like oil of oregano and cayenne, like whatever it is. Ginger, just take a ginger shot. Ginger is so strong. It's I crazy. Like, but I like, trust you with my life, so you have I to know do that. It. I, okay, I'm fine. I will do that. I also, I don't really exercise when I travel. Like, I'm, I have a jump rope that I pack, but I'm not someone who like lands and tries to find a gym. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't do that. You don't have like running shoes. And yeah, I don't like, pack running shoes. No, because I'm all about the carry on, and I cannot like. Ooh, mm-hmm. What's your um, what's your packing strategy like? Like, do you have like a bag? that is like your go-to bag or you know like yeah what, like how do you do that i have um i actually need to get a new duffel but i was using a leather like a leather a small leather duffel for a long time and i do have like a very joan didding in like here's what i pack when i travel and it's like a pair of high-waisted culottes and like a bun-down silk shirt and like you know what i mean it's like very basic like a slouchy shirt that can also be a sleep shirt like always have a caftan always have a bikini it's like very 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 basic and like one pair of boots and like one pair of flip-flops or sandals you know but it's it's like always set so it's like i'm not full like i would never pack this outfit when i travel because it's not versatile enough jenna I'm wearing, is wearing the most beautiful floral print dress right now it's a romper it's like a or a oh pantsuit it's like it's a full a romper. Pantsuit. but i would never pack this because i could only wear it once you know yeah that's fair how do you book your travel? Do you like? Or do you just do online stuff? Do you have like some sort of like weird travel agent? Like, what's the deal? Right now, I'm obsessed with Secret Flying, and I get their tweets delivered to my phone as text messages. <laughs> Let me read to you the last couple of ones I got, because it's like I always want to think about where I want to be going or like where I should be thinking about getting assignments to, or where should I take Bay. And so, right now, it's like, and also it's like this is my weird travel fantasy, which is like I always want to think about like where I could be going instead of sitting at my desk. But, like, right now, I go, okay, so this morning I got the alert. Many U.S. cities to Cuba for $200 round trip. Luxembourg to Tokyo for $362 round trip. What? That's so good. Then I got Milan to Kathmandu for $350 round trip. This is literally free travel. Miami to Norway, $98 one way. What? Like, so this is what I do. And then I, like, t- I like copy and paste the links to people. Because I'm always like, we should just be on the road all the time. And I have a lot of friends who do remote workplace. Like, they do the remote yeah. working thing. So they're always like, I'm working for the month from, you know, like, Seattle. Where to next? What's one thing that you can't travel without? I feel like a fully loaded Kindle because I like she's a Kindle app on my iPhone because I don't carry a Kindle anymore because I'm just like all about the efficiency now. But if I have hours with nothing to do on a flight, I lose my mind. Like if I show up, like my worst nightmare is showing up in the in-flight entertainment system is non-existent. <laughs> and I'm like, what? How am I going to catch up on all the shows that I don't watch in my regular life? Like, what am I going to do? All right. Let me tell you about the Austin to London flight <laughs> with the entertainment system is down. No. Like, see, that's like my. You become that, very intimate with your own thoughts. Exactly. It's, it's like, it's like hell. That's hell. 
Okay, Jenna, so we're collecting travel tips from everyone on the show, uh, everyone who comes on. And so think about what your travel tip is. Invest in a bunch of mesh cubes because you can pack your undies, you can pack all your toiletries, you can pack, you can separate beauty toiletries versus like whatever sleep toiletries. Like it's so easy and just throw them all in your bag and they're basically see-through like compartments that zip and that are mesh. I have one for like all of my energy bars. Like it's perfect. And you can just grab it. It's like the best thing ever. Can we go on a trip together soon? Where would we go? I think we should go upstate. Oh, I we're going to go upstate. That's right. Okay. I think fall Let's upstate, do like hot tub. doing hot tub and doing nothing okay. for like Perfect. four days. That's uh, like, the plan. Sold. Okay. Sold. That was New York Times writer Jenna Wortham. You can listen to her podcast, Still Processing, on iTunes or wherever else you get your podcasts. Now, here's a very important message from Crystal West. Okay, so if you're traveling and you need to get high, but you don't know how to do it in a hotel room, all you have to do is go to the bathroom and turn the shower on to its hottest temperature and let the steam build up. You don't have to worry about wasting water or heat or whatever because that's what hotels are meant for. Like That's the whole point of spending all that money. And so once the bathroom's all steamy, you take out the big towels and roll them down in front of the door so nothing gets out. And then you roll up and blaze up and you can smoke as long as you want to, as long as the bathroom is like super steamy and everything. Because once you're done and you turn it off, the smell will like be almost all but gone. And so then you just need a couple of sprays of Febreze or something and you are good money. Try to get a room that's not too close to the elevators because people coming off the elevators might be able to smell a little bit. But for the most part, you are straight just like that. Thank you to all of our present and future She Goes guests for sharing your knowledge with us. I would be remiss if I didn't impart some of my own travel hacks to you, lovely listeners. So my first one is to always make photocopies of all of your important documents. Don't be without copies of your passport and the pages that contain your visas and any other relevant materials that you have. My other piece of advice would be to buy the travel insurance. It costs very little. It's as low as $10, $12, $14. And uh, it has come in handy for me many, many, many times and has paid for itself like time and time over. My other piece of advice would be to pack a lot of underwear. You are going to need a lot of it. And in some places, you might not have access to a washing machine or even access to clean water. So pack as much underwear as you can. Okay, that's our show for today. Thanks so much for listening to the first episode of On She Goes, the podcast. Don't forget to check out onshegoes.com for more travel stories, tips, and inspiration. I'm your host, Amina Tuso. On She Goes is produced by me and Barry Finkel for Pineapple Street Media in partnership with Sarita Wesley, Lizzie Harris, and Natalie Huzenga for Wyden and Kennedy Publishing. Special thanks to Jenna Weiss-Berman, Max Linsky, Emily Becker, Lindsay Mavis, Sarah Fink, Marmoset, and APM. Bye.